You're listening to a podcast from City Tribe Media. We're an urban tribe that helps people who feel far from God to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. For more fresh content, check City Tribe on YouTube, Instagram, or Facebook. Enjoy the message, and welcome to the tribe. Now here's Doug Robbins. Well, how are you guys doing this afternoon? We doing okay? Yeah. Awesome. So good to see you guys this afternoon, those of you worshiping online and those of you right here in the cameo. And one time um, I was on this flight and I was coming back to San Antonio and I was sitting back, uh, sitting next to a guy who was a former airline executive and he was starting to do business in San Antonio a lot. And he says, Doug, can you tell me the names of some really great restaurants in San Antonio that are unique to the area? Like he didn't want to know about the chains like Chili's or Starbucks or McDonald's, but he wanted to know the places that are unique to San Antonio. And I said, oh man, you're going to love our city. And so I created this list of unique local places that only we know about, right? Those of us that are San Antonians. And before I got off that flight, everyone on the flight crew wanted to get what they called the list of all the different restaurants here in San Antonio. And, you know, I really love like showing people our fair city. I may be a little bit myopic in the way that I view our city, but I love San Antonio more than any city in the whole world. And when people come here, I love to kind of show them around and show them the best parts of the city. So like one time, our friend Joseph visited here, and he's originally from South Korea. And we took, I told him, Joseph, you're going to love our city. And we took him on bike rides all over the inner city and downtown. And he just loved all the urban core. And then we went and had dinner up in the Tower of the Americas, and he just loved it. And he, sure enough, he loved our city. And then there are our African ministry partners from West Africa and Liberia, Emmanuel and Ruth Giampi, and they were coming here to visit for the, you know, one of the first times. And I said, hey, you're, you guys are going to love our city. And so we took them on the riverboat ride, you know, and they saw the whole river walk and everything. And we took them to different restaurants and they just, it blew their minds. They just loved San Antonio. In fact, um, here's what I've decided is that if you guys get tired of me and fire me from City Tribe Church, you know, if I don't make it as a pastor, then I'm going to be one of those riverboat drivers that wears a funny hat and tells people about San Antonio all day long. That's what I'm going to do if I don't make it here as a pastor. But, but look, as we study Revelation chapter 21 today, it describes heaven as a city. Can I tell you, you're going to love our city. And so today, I want to show you five characteristics of heaven from Revelation chapter 21. Before we get into the text, what do you say? We pray and ask God to help us. God, by your spirit, by your Holy Spirit that inspired the word of God, the Bible, we ask that you would speak to us. Those of us that are already believers and been walking with you, that you would encourage us. Those that are trying to figure out if there's even a God, spiritual investigators, we pray that you, not me, but you yourself would reveal yourself in a way that only you can, Jesus so we thank you for what you're going to do in and through your word that never returns void, but always accomplishes the purpose for which it's gone out. And we pray it in your name, Jesus. Everyone said, amen, amen. So look at number one uh, reason you're going to love our city. Number one is that heaven is a city coming down. Go with me to Revelation 21, verse two. John says, I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God. And he carried me away in the spirit to a great high mountain and showed me the holy city, 
Jerusalem, again, he says, coming down out of heaven from God. Now, people who don't like cities are not going to like heaven because heaven is going to be a city. Now, we tend to think about heaven as being, you know, a bunch of people playing harps, disembodied in the clouds, like because of popular media, cartoons and stuff like that. So there's this one cartoon of Steve Jobs trying to get into heaven with the app that he created, you know, uh, and you see in the cartoon, the clouds. And this is a very popular in our culture way of looking at the afterlife and heaven. But really, heaven is a city in another dimension right now. And in the future, the Bible tells us that it's coming down to heaven and it will be very physical. We'll have physical bodies in heaven. When you see Jesus, when he was resurrected from the dead, you study those passages in the New Testament and you can see that Jesus had a body. His disciples were able to touch the scars in his hands. Even though he was physical, he could walk through walls. I'm so doing that when I get there. I'm going to walk through a wall, see what that feels like. We also saw that Jesus, when he was resurrected, he could eat. Remember the story about how he ate like fish tacos with his disciples on the beach one morning? Uh, We can taste food. We always say around here, tribes eat because heaven's going to be a place with wonderful, delicious food. But look at the second characteristic of heaven. Heaven is a city of God's healing presence, of God's healing presence. Go with me to verse three. Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell again with them and they will be his people and God himself will be with them as their God. So there's not going to be any of this wondering where he's at or not being able to physically see him. He'll be with us. But look at the next verse, and this is beautiful. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore, for the former things have passed away. Jesus says, behold, I'm making all things new everything's going to be made new. And so you won't have to worry about death anymore. There'll be no reason for you to have insurance, life insurance or health insurance. You won't need a primary care physician. You won't need health care at all. Our bodies will be amazing, amazingly new. In fact, we get a glimpse of what our heavenly bodies are going to be like in the great city from 1 Corinthians, or rather 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 3. It says, therefore, we will put on our heavenly bodies. We will not be spirits without bodies. So you're not going to be like Casper the Friendly Ghost or something like that. You're going to have a body. While we live in these earthly bodies, we groan and sigh. But it's not that we want to die and get rid of these bodies that clothe us. Rather, We want to put on our new bodies so that these dying bodies will be swallowed up by life. So can I ask you, anybody besides me ready to get your new heavenly body? Anybody ready to get that new heavenly body? You know, in the new heavenly body, you won't feel like you need a nose job. You know, you uh, won't feel like you need liposuction. It's like, hey, suck all the fat and all the tacos out of me, right? You know, that's the way uh, some of us feel. Uh, We're all kind of going downhill. Can I just be honest with you? Those of you that are younger, and most of you are younger than me, 
here. Um, I'm a little bit bitter at you because it's easier for you guys to stay skinny, you know, these days. It's harder for me as, a, as I age. And you just think you're so cool, you know? You think you're so cool with your fancy designer jeans and they're just ripped up, just right, right? You know, your fancy jeans. You can, right now, you can wear your fancy jeans and uh, all that, but someday you're gonna be wearing Depends undergarments, okay? I'm just telling you right now, we're all going downhill and you young people, you have all your hair. My hairline is receding like the rainforest, you know? But you think you're so cool with all that hair, right? Well, someday you're going to be joining the hair club for men, right? You're going to be rubbing minoxidil all up in your dome, you know, because all of these bodies are going downhill where, you know, we're, we're all aging, you know, but the heavenly bodies are going to be very, very different. In fact, this last week I had kind of a heavenly vision of one of our staff members and what he may look like in his heavenly body. Take a look at my vision on screen. Yeah, this is going to be Gideon in his heavenly body uh, someday in the future. It's going to be great. Um, but can I tell you this? There'll be no more coronavirus in heaven. There'll be no Delta variant or Omicron variant. There's not going to be any chemical imbalances that cause people to feel depression or there won't be any kind of you know, anxiety, no cancer, no ADD, no diabetes. You'll be able to eat whatever you want. Hey, teenagers, check this out. No zits in heaven, right on? Like, you won't have to sit there in the mirror and do this number, right? You'll all have clear skin. No more flu, no asthma. Check this out, guys my age. No love handles. That's gonna be awesome, isn't it? You know, like I remember... Um, when I was in college, my college roommate teased me about my freakishly skinny legs and they're kind of bowed. So he called me parenthesis legs, you know, but no more parenthesis legs in heaven. And I know a lot of you kind of love my eyebrows because they're kind of bushy. You know, you ladies pay good money to have big bushy eyebrows like that, don't you? But see in heaven, bushy eyebrows for everyone. They're going to be glorified eyebrows for everyone in the new heavenly Bodies. You're going to love our city. Now, look at number three. Heaven is a city with no crime or security systems. So there's not going to be any ring doorbells or anything like that. It's going to be completely secured. Go with me to Revelation chapter 21, verse 8. But as for the cowardly, the faithless, the detestable, as for murderers, the sexually immoral, sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars, their portion will be in the lake of fire that burns um, and sulfur, which is the second death. And it's, look at, look at the city described in this next part of the verse. And its gates will never be shut by day, and there will be no night there. Nothing unclean will ever enter it, nor anyone who does what is detestable or false, but only those who are written in the Lamb's book of life. So the text here says that there'll be no cowardly criminals who murder people or take advantage of people sexually. Anybody have wounds or heartbreak from, you know, someone's, you know, dysfunctional way of viewing sex and there's not going to be any violence there will be completely secured and none of the abusers will be able to harm us there. It'll be a place that's completely secured. In fact, the Bible says that the gates will never be shut. How many of you shut your garage doors and shut your gates at night? Do, do we? And you should, you know, you understand why. But there, there'll be no reason. Every door can just stay open if you want it to 
there'll be no reason to shut the doors. And another thing is there won't be predatory, dangerous animals there. So in some parts of the world, they have to watch out for the lions or the tigers, or if you live on the west side, you got to worry about the demonic chihuahuas, okay? The chihuahuas are, they're, they're pretty crazy on the west side, I'll just tell you right now. But you don't have to worry about any of that. Go with me to Isaiah chapter 11, verse 6, and it says, in that day, the wolf and the lamb will live together. The leopard will lie down with the baby goat. The calf and the yearling will be safe with the lion, and the little child will lead them all. Doesn't that sound amazing? And that begs the question that I get over the years from time to time from people is, Pastor Doug, will there be animals in heaven? I mean, will my, really they're asking, will my pet who'd passed away be in heaven? Well, I cannot point to a specific verse in the Bible that says, thou pettest will beeth in heaveneth, okay? I, there's that, that, that verse is not in there. But what I do know about God is that animals are important to God. When you go back to the creation story, God created Adam Adam and Eve, and he surrounded them and gave them authority to name animals. So he surrounded them with animals. When the flood happened, he had Noah fill the ark with animals, right? When Jesus was born, Jesus was born in a manger surrounded by animals. Then you look at Romans chapter eight, and Paul writes about, the, the end where he says, all of creation longs for the revealing of the children of God. All creation includes the animals, doesn't it? So let me ask you this, parents. How many of you have ever gone to a pet store with your kid and your kid looked up at you with those little puppy dog eyes and said, I want a puppy, daddy or mommy. And you caved and bought it for him, right? Like I did when we went to PetSmart one day. We got a cat now because my little daughter looked up at me. I want a cat, you know. I bought him a cat. Well, some of us, you know, you realize you can't take on another animal or whatever. And you've said no, but it's in your heart to want to give your kids something that they'll love. It's in all parents' hearts to want to bless their kids, isn't it? And I want you to keep that in mind as we read Matthew chapter 7, verse 11. And this describes God's heart for us. Matthew chapter 7, verse 11. It says this, so if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly father give good gifts to those who ask of him? Right? God's a perfect father. He cares about us. He cares about you and he even cares about, some people may think it's silly, but he cares about your pets that have passed away. And he's a good father. And it wouldn't make sense to me that he wouldn't have animals in heaven. If he didn't have animals in heaven, it would be inconsistent with everything that he's done throughout the entire Bible. See, now there's an author who's wrote a book just on heaven. His name is Randy Alcorn. And he suggests that in heaven, there'll probably be animals that are currently extinct, but we'll see them there in heaven. So it could be like Jurassic Park, but, you know, just dinosaurs running around, but there's no need for those big security fences to keep them from eating us, right? So we'll see the dinosaurs. So let let me give it to you like this. So let's say it's 2 billion years from now and we're in heaven and you see a guy riding by on a T-Rex 
with a ring-tailed lemur on his buff, glorified heaven's shoulders, um, you can say to your friends, there goes the guy that was my pastor whenever we were on earth back in the day, right? Uh, that's my dream for what I'm gonna do. Right after I walk through a wall, I'm gonna ride a T-Rex with a lemur on my shoulder, right? But that, you're gonna love our city. It's gonna be an amazing thing. But look at number four. Heaven is a big, beautiful city of light. It's a big city, it's a beautiful city, and it's a city of light. Go with me to Revelation 21, 16. The city lies foursquare, its length the same as its width. And he measured the city with his rod. 12,000 stadia, its length and width and height are equal. The city has no need of sun or moon to shine on it, for the glory of God gives it light, and its lamp is the Lamb. So Jesus is the Lamb, and light emanates from God. There's no need for light bulbs or anything there, neither the sun or the moon, but it also gives measurements. And if you measure it out, it's like 1,500 miles square, a cube. It's 1,500 miles wide, high, and deep. In fact, I brought a picture to scale of this city, the New Jerusalem, what it would look like if it was laid down on top of the United States. It's a huge, massive city. You could fit over a trillion people in a city that is that dimension and size. Um, that's 165 times the current population of the earth that can fit in this city. And it's not even crowded inside. If you put that many people in this city, everybody has plenty of space. It's not even as dense as New York or San Francisco or London or Paris or any of the big global cities. And John does his best to describe the colors in this city. There will be colors there that we've never seen with our eyes before throughout the spectrum and beyond. And the foundation walls are gonna be these 12 different colors. And I brought a picture of the 12 stones that found. This is not literally the 12 stones, but it's the same colors that are mentioned in the Bible here. And we've seen these colors before, hadn't we? Because if you go back to the Old Testament of the Bible, these are the same 12 colors that were on the high priest's breastplate. And they represent the 12 tribes of Israel. And even back in the Old Testament, with the breastplate of the chief priest, you would see the colors of the future heavenly city. So a few years ago, we did a series just on the topic of heaven. And one of the resources that I recommended during that series was a book by a guy who was an engineer gone pastor, and his name is John Burke. And he wrote this book entitled Imagine Heaven. And in the book, he does extensive research on people who have had those near-death experiences. You know what I mean by that, near-death experiences? They've flatlined, and then they've had these experiences of angels or heaven or the afterlife. And what John Burke decided to do was to just really interview people who were credible people. Because how many of you know a lot of wackadoodle people claim to have spiritual experiences, right? So he interviewed people that he deemed as credible people regarding their near-death experiences. And I understand that uh, NDEs are not so much, you know, they're not on the authority level of scripture. And so we have to use a level of discernment when we look at near-death 
experiences, but he interviewed one lady that I thought was fascinating. It's Dr. Mary Neal. She's a spine surgeon. She had a near-death experience and came back. She experienced heaven, and she was able to gain information about her family, particularly her son, that she could not have known. So you're talking about a spine surgeon and a scientist who says there's no scientific explanation for what I experienced. She said it's more real than me standing here, right here today. And then another guy that John Burke interviewed that was fascinating to me was a guy who had been a a CEO of large, like, multi-million dollar companies. He had been an engineer, and he had been an airplane pilot, both commercially and private. And this guy's name is Dale Black, and he had an experience of the afterlife in his near-death experience So I wanted to bring a brief video to kind of give you a feel for his story. So go ahead and take a look at that on screen. Did it feel like flying? I mean... No, there was no sensations of G-forces or or, uh, uh, physical distortion of the eyes squinting, none of that. There was no discomfort in, in any way, but... But travel was extremely fast, and then it began to slow down as I got near what I called the city of God. I I knew it was the city of God, and I knew God reigned here, but he was in the light. And it was on the other side, there was a a wall around the city. How big was the city? Uh, The city was huge, way larger than anything like Paris or London or Beijing or anything, Mexico City, way bigger than that. And what, what I saw, and I'm able to kind of quickly judge distances, you know, because you're trained to do that, but about 40 miles into the city, way back beyond the wall, uh, there was an event going on that is, uh, it's easy to describe when I write it, you know, because I can write better than I can speak. Sorry about that. (laughs) (laughs) But there was, of course, the mountains and the flowers and the air, all the things that uh, you've mentioned before. But there was this humongous crowd of people and angels that I was able to see from a long, long way away. Over, I was looking over the wall, but still on the outside of the city. And this group of people and angels were moving with the music, and they were moving in praise and swaying with the music and talk about oneness and unity and love. There, there's life in music. There, there is, there, the light is full of life and, and love, and it's light that's palpable, it's thick, it, it's, uh, it has substance and weight to it, and all the colors in the rainbow are in it, but that light, and I knew is coming from God. I, I knew it. Everybody knew it. Everybody knew this was God. I mean... It's like you would say here on the earth, well, duh, you know. <laughs> it's God. The light comes from God, but in that light is the love of God. <laughs> How do you describe the love of God? Well, you spend a lifetime trying to do that. It's unconditional love. It's not based on who you are, what 
skills or talents you have, how much money or success you have. It's based on just the fact that you and I are the creation of God, and He loves us. He loved me, and I could hardly... I told myself I wouldn't cry this time. <laughs> you know what? I... You know, you know what's so awesome? by this experience, and I want you to keep his experience in mind as I read to you from 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9, where Paul said, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, and no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. But it was to us that God revealed these things by his spirit. And let me, let me ask you this question. Why is it that we need to have this information about heaven? Well, a couple of different reasons. One is that we need the hope of heaven and we need the home of heaven is the second one. The hope of heaven is important because when you have the hope of a better future, the hope of heaven, it'll get you through whatever emotional or physical suffering you're going through in this life. You know, I know people in services today that lost someone this year, and this is going to be first Christmas without them. And a lot of you know what that feels like. But when you have the hope of heaven, you know that your believing relatives are going to be in a safe place. And you know that you're going to have a glorious reunion when you see them again. I get to see someday my mama and papa again, you know. I get to see the people that I love, my friends that have passed from this life to the next because of the hope of heaven. Whatever you're going through right now, you can hang on because there is hope of heaven. But there's also the home of heaven. Have you ever moved around a little bit and felt like, I don't know where my home is? Have you ever felt that? Even if you have a good circumstance in life, there are times where even these days, I feel this little bit of longing, this little bit of desire that's unfulfilled. Did you know that? I feel that. Even though I love our church, I love our city, I love my house. It's not fancy, but I just love it. But I still feel this little desire unfulfilled. You know, I think sometimes, well, if I just go back to my city of origin, but I still don't feel it there. I still feel that little bit of, you know, unfulfilled desire there. I go to other cities around the country or around the world. And it's not like I go to those places and feel a satisfaction in that peace that seems to be missing from my heart. And I think I know what it is. I think it's something normal for Christ followers to feel a desire for a place that's home. It's summed up in a quote from C.S. Lewis. He said, if I find in myself desires which nothing in this world can satisfy, the only logical explanation is that I was made for another world. And you know, if you've ever felt that longing or that you're like, hey, I'm a Christian, but I still feel like I'm not completely at home, that is a normal feeling to have because we were made for another world. Another world where there's no sickness or disease. Another world where there are no pandemics and 
There's no abuse or harm or dysfunction or, you know, problems. We were made for that place and we're longing for it, you know? And look, I got to tell you this, that no matter how high your credit score is or how much money you've got, you can't buy your way into the great city. And that leads me to number five is that entrance to the city is offered for free. It's offered to us for free. Go with me to Revelation chapter 21, verse six, where we see, and he said to me, it's done. Jesus says, I'm the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end. To the thirsty, I give from the spring of the water of life. Look at the, say those last two words with me out loud when I point to you, you ready? Without payment. There are no payments. Anybody besides me tired of payments, right? Anybody tired of your house payment, your rent payment, insurance payment, student loan payment, payment, payment. Everybody wants a payment, don't they? I like this um, YouTuber, and he has this channel called The World According to Briggs. And he does all these different videos on different cities. And one of the recent videos that he did was the places that are, you know, people are moving to in the United States these days and the top 10 cities in terms of population in the United States. And number 10 was San Jose, California. So some of you know about San Jose. It's just south of San Francisco. It's filled with tech workers. In fact, some people call it the capital of Silicon Valley. It's a wonderful place to live. But if you want to live there, you know the median house price in San Jose? Just under a million dollars. You gotta have a million bucks to get a house there. And then if you wanna rent, it's for a two bedroom over $3,000 a month. So it's a pretty expensive place to live, especially if you compare that to San Antonio, which is the seventh largest city now. And median house price here is $240,000. And then rentals here are averaging like $1,400 a month. So uh, even though San Antonio is less expensive than, you know, San Jose, uh, how many of you are tired of dealing with rising property taxes? You know, this is like, I wish that God would send those rising property taxes to the pit, right? I mean, we're, we're tired of that, aren't we? But I've got this friend in our church who he does a lot of real estate deals. And he invited his mom to a house one day. And that's not uncommon because he sees a lot of properties, you know, and it's his house, nice house in a nice neighborhood. In fact, it's the same neighborhood that my friend lives in. And he invited his mom over there. She was looking around at the house with him and she, she commented on how, how nice she thought the house was. She especially loved the granite countertops, you know? And she said, man, this is a really nice house. I'll never be able to afford something like this. And you know what my friend said? He said, mom, this is your house. No payments. I bought it for you. And you know, she leaked a few tears. She cried some tears, didn't she? And my friend cried some tears because one of his dreams, lifelong dreams, was that he would one day be at a place where he could buy a house for his mom. And he fulfilled that dream. And the reason I told you that story is because I want you to know something about God. One of God's dreams is to buy you a house, a special house that you could, you could never afford. And Jesus said, I've gone to prepare a place for you so that where I am, you'll be also. 
He's buying you a house in the same city where he lives because he wants you to be there also. But you can't get a loan and there's nothing you could do to afford it. You just have to receive it for free as a gift from someone that loves you beyond what you can even comprehend. So with that in mind, what do you say we pray and talk to him for a minute? And as we pray, it could be that God brought you here because he wanted to adopt you as his new kid. And you've never had a relationship with God. And you want one now. Well, it's real simple to do. Just in your own heart and mind, you just talk to him. We call that prayer. You don't even have to say it out loud. And you don't have to jump through a bunch of religious hoops to get a love relationship with him. You don't have to count a bunch of religious beads or anything. You don't have to go, you know, serve or do anything in particular to earn it. You just receive it as a gift right now and just say something like this. God, I know that I've sinned and screwed some stuff up. But God, right now, the best I know how, I choose to believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross to pay the penalty for my sin. And he rose again from the dead to give me a new life. Jesus, welcome into my life. As we continue in prayer, those of us that are believers, we're praying something like this. God, thank you that you purchased a house for me. But before I go there, I want to join with you to take as many people as I can with me there. God, while I'm here, I want to bring heaven to earth so that people can encounter you. I want to tell people you're going to love our great city and that I would help to populate heaven with people I share the love of Jesus with. That's our prayer today, God. And we pray all these things in your name, Jesus, everyone said. Amen. Amen. Well, as we wrap up today, just a couple of things by way of reminder. One is that next Sunday is going to be our last Sunday in the book of Revelation. We've been studying this book since May, so it's been a long series, and we're finally going to be at Revelation chapter 22, and it's what's the last thing God wanted us to know? Do you know Revelation 22? It's not only the last book or the last chapter of Revelation, but it's the last chapter in the whole Bible right? And oftentimes people say something very significant when they, you know, the last thing that they tell you, well, this is the last thing that God wanted us to know. And so I hope it's encouraging for you next Sunday. And also want to say a brief word about our financial stewardship. Uh, Can I tell you something awesome we're doing together financially? You guys know that we support work in Western Africa in Liberia, and we support, help to support a school that trains kids there. And in Liberia, it's hard for kids to get clothes, let alone school uniforms. But together, we were able to help some kids get their school uniforms in the lower Virginia area of Monrovia, Liberia. And these kids now can walk into their school with dignity that they have their school uniform. And they're not just going into school so that they can get a job. Certainly, the skills that they'll learn at school will help them get jobs and provide for themselves, but it'll also train them so that they can make a difference in their community and make their country a better place. You guys are awesome for doing that. So thank you guys uh, for helping out with that. Love you for it. Um, um, If you're new to City Tribe, here's how we take up our offerings. We don't pass the buckets or plates or anything. But if you're a textitized person, um, the number is new. So make sure and stay, uh, stay tuned to the number that's on screen. 
and uh, text that number if you're a text-to-tithe person. Others of you who are watching online or you're here, you like to mail your offerings, your tithes and offerings in, uh, you can do it by mail to the P.O. box number on screen, or you can go to the giving stations in person. They're located near the exits of the Cameo Theater and drop your offerings in the box or hit the QR code and that'll take you to our website to give online at citytribe.church slash tithe. So, Before we worship through our financial stewardship, let's stand up together and let me speak a word of benediction over you guys as we wrap up today. Dear brothers and sisters, as you walk from this place, may you walk from here longing for our great city. But as you long for it, may you also be about bringing heaven to earth to people who desperately need the love of Jesus that we've encountered from him. Go from here and bring heaven to earth. You guys have an amazing Sunday and we'll see you next time. Peace. We're glad you were part of the tribe today. To further connect with us, check citytribe.church.